I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they bought to me that week. This week, I am joined by Ariane Thigpen. Ariane, who uses she, her pronouns, is an informational professional living in Austin. She discusses plus-size fashion and other related topics on Instagram at Ari Wears Things. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? You know, we just sort of caught up before we logged on and, you know, making it. <laughs> it yeah. was another day in quarantine here in Texas. I am thankful to have air conditioning and a fan, though, because it's getting warm again. <laughs> it is. It is. I always act surprised, and I don't know why I ever do. I'm currently thinking of moving to Philly this year. I haven't found a job yet, so I'm not, I'm not as wild as I was when I moved here. And I'm like, you know, i got to have some things in place before we make the jump. And so I'm like, I cannot move, but I want to move because I miss seasons. Like, I miss yeah. <laughs> And not being between 70 and 97 months of the year. So I hear you there. You and I met at the Boss Babes Body Positivity event last year. Yes. Maybe time means nothing anymore, but last year. And, you know, I remember your question of like being a fat black woman in Austin and what does that mean? And do you have community? And so when I saw your name come through to be a guest and I was like, I can't wait to have this conversation because it's one of the many reasons I was thinking and am thinking of leaving Austin because I feel like Austin used to be a city that was predominantly black and now it's like below 10% of the population in Austin is black and we have people continuing to move here. Especially now, I mean, recording today, it's June 6th, but you know, everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests that have been happening the last week and a half. And, you know, with me, I've been feeling like I need to leave in order to find more Black community because I feel like we haven't had the chance to come together in this city. And so I'm hoping what comes out of all this is just Black people in Austin coming together more often and us creating space to have conversation where we can all show up together and, and you know, congregate in this way and not, and that not, not to diminish the work that's going on, but it not just be because of protests, you know, just having a community that's able to come together. So I was going to go to the protests last Sunday, but then Austin Justice Coalition decided not to go as a collective because they were afraid of violence ensuing, but I'll be going to the one tomorrow at Houston Tillotson. Um, So I'm really just, I feel this catalyst of change coming. And I think this is like the perfect time to have this conversation that you are bringing to us. I also like want to know what made you pick this topic. Um, It is a topic that is always on my mind. I'd say ever since I moved here, even at one point about like, gosh, 10 years ago, I lost a lot of weight and then eventually I gained it all back. And, but even while I was, you know, slimmer, it was still on my mind because, because it's, I almost feel like we're just not 
seen. You know, it's hard enough being seen as a black person in Austin, but then a fat black person in Austin, we're just not, you know, there. You know, we exist, of course, but, you know, there aren't, we're not catered to in any real specific sense of the word. There are some shops, you know, there are some plus size shops to get clothes at, you know, the typical, you know, Lane Bryant, Torrid Avenue, those kind of places. But, you know, places that have in the last five or so years released plus size like collections or capsule collections, they don't them to Austin because they don't see the market. And, you know, that's pretty obvious. So, yeah, it's just something that's always on my mind as a fat person and as a black woman. It's just something that's always there in the back of my head. Yeah, when you first, when I first saw this topic come across, I sat with it for a minute and I've talked a lot about it on the show that, you know, I've always had fluctuating weights, but my like size tends to stay the same. So I'm always like between that like 10, 12, 14, 16 range. And so like thinking about that too, of like how much of our value is put on how we look and how we weigh and I was listening to something last night a comedian talking about how like black women period no matter what size we are are just like constantly berated and not respected and kind of like like Malcolm X said like the most disrespected woman in America is the black woman and how much we show up and give and nurture and like almost not belittle ourselves but how much we give of ourselves and it often feels not reciprocated and you and I were just talking about this before we got on of like, you know, now with everything going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and last week with the Black Square that people were putting up on Instagram and seeing, you know, these big companies showing that they stand with the protest and everything. One of my personal things for a long time was whenever I align myself with an organization that I'm going to speak on a panel or donate to or what have you, I always want to see the makeup of the board or what the business looks like or how, you know, what shade of makeup, how far up your shade of makeup goes. And then recently listening to a lot of podcasts about, you know, size inclusivity. And, you know, with me, I have, I have never had to deal with not finding my size in the store, but just thinking of that, of like the fact, like when you walk into a store, you see all like the quote unquote straight sizes first, like those, like that's the, that's the norm. And then you have to like almost do like this quote unquote walk of shame to the back of the store where everything is hidden and just thinking about that too of like how are we even just like non-verbally giving that cue of like oh well we thought about you later like you were a second thought like we are catering to these smaller quote-unquote smaller people first um so yeah I mean this that was everything that went through my mind when you when you posed this question so also like looking at your your Instagram and how you know all these other people on Instagram too of like showing that like it is not that hard to make things <laughs> in larger size. It is not that like this whole big, you know, um, inconvenience that a lot of these brands will say it is. And like, but you're missing, like you're saying, you're missing a whole market because it's, it's a privilege that people have. Like they don't, they, it's not something that they have to deal with. So it's not something that they even ever think of including. Right. We are 67% of all people in America are plus size or, you know, 14 and larger, 16 and larger, I believe. So you're missing out on the vast majority of human beings in this country if you're not making clothing for them. So it just seems, it seems silly and oddly, not oddly enough, I guess, but that also counts for activewear. You know, I always say, well, people are saying, oh, you should lose, or not people to me, but like people in general, like, oh, why don't they just lose weight? It's like, well, what am I supposed to wear? A paper bag? Right. Like, what what should I be wearing when I'm, you know, working out? <laughs> so, or you have, when the brands do include larger sizes, it's this connotation of like, bigger people don't work out. It's like, 
thin does not mean healthy and larger exactly. does not mean unhealthy, right? Like that whole trope too. So yeah, it's <laughs> so many levels, so many, all the time, just all the levels. Yeah. And you know, I also think about how society, like the term fat was always used as a negative connotation in the last few years. Like I have realized, like I still have such internalized fat phobia of myself. Like I, it's still hard for me to use it in terms to who I am because like growing up, I grew up in a predominant, and I grew up in a diverse enough place that like I wasn't the only black kid or person of color in my school or my school system or my neighborhood even but just thinking back to like the early 90s late 2000s when like thin and white was like the the epitome of epitome of beauty and it's like the last couple of years of like all these brands and all these people you know reclaiming the word fat like other people and other groups have reclaimed the word like queer and bitch and all that other stuff of just like this is the word we're going to use and give it a new spin but you know with me having dealt with like eating disorders and other like internalized things for myself, it has been so hard for me to see myself as beautiful and fat, but I'm also, but also like on the other side, like it is so easy for me to see other women who are bigger women like, oh my God, she's beautiful, but I have such a hard time doing that for myself. And so also like when I got this, this topic from you too, I was like, I have to sit with this <laughs> for a minute and do some really intense work around this and, and like really see what this means for myself. So I thank you for giving, giving me the space to have this conversation and, and work through my, as I say, work through my shit <laughs> with, with someone in, in the trenches with me. Yeah, it's, it's important to reclaim, I think, the word fat because if we don't let it hurt us anymore, then they can't, it'll eventually, maybe at some point, lose its steam or whatever you want to say. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts that aren't always articulated. (laughs) I just thought of, you know, how it's still mostly okay to make fun of fat people. Most groups in this country, it's become taboo to make fun of Black people, of course. And people or people that are disabled or in people in different, different groups, but somehow it's still, it's always been okay to make fun of fat people. And when I think one of the first steps is if we taking back the word fat, then that takes back some of our own power. Absolutely. I'm sitting here reading your notes and giggling to myself because you have a note about autonomy movement and you are the third guest who has mentioned autonomy movement and so I want to have you been you've been connected though. I've seen your videos of like you dancing is it at autonomy or just in your in your own spaces um I, I've been though I've been to a yoga class there once and I also went to their um fat clothing swap they had uh, a few months ago and I think it's high time that a uh, space like that we have a space like that they're highly sensitive around the health of every size movement and they don't have, don't think they have mirrors um, so that you can't, you know, look at yourself and criticize yourself when you're working out. I just think that they're so important. And yeah, we've needed something like that for a long time here in Austin, because it's very difficult to find somewhere where you can go and be judgment free and work yeah. out in Austin. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to a guest a couple episodes ago about when I first started on like, my wellness journey because I I realized I wanted to get healthier like I was 
out of breath, like couldn't chase my nephew around. And you know, I started with working out at home because there were no mirrors. Like I made sure whenever I work out, like I didn't look at myself and would just to the best of my ability follow the person on the video that I was watching. And so hearing about like this space being available for other people, because I think as a person who does like enjoy going to the gym now and, you know, I still have this thing about like, I don't work out with other people. It's just <laughs> my thing and my time to be alone. But just hearing, you know, sometimes people enjoy that community. Like I have people who will like come and like, we'll do the same thing, but like, we're not technically working out together. I'm working through it. But thinking about like the fact that this space exists for these people to come together and work towards a goal of just like feeling better about being in your body and being a support system for the people who are kind of going through the same thing as you are. And the whole thing about like yoga, like I wish I could get into yoga. I think I loved like stretching. I wish I was more flexible, but I, and I follow this one black girl on Instagram who was a bigger girl. And she also always talked about like, you can do yoga at any size. Like it's not just for mm-hmm. yoga doesn't belong to one person. It's like following her and just like her just being an unapologetic yogi. And for a long time, people like you can't do yoga and people just commenting on her things like, I'm doing yoga. So you telling me I can't do yoga and me showing you that I'm doing yoga defeats the purpose of you even coming here. So I, I, I've always been sitting with that since I saw that. I was like, you are, are able to be healthy at all sizes. And it doesn't, there's not a, this, you know, this negative trope of, you know, fat people or bigger people being unhealthy and just, you know, it, and it not being as simple as just like work out and lose weight. There are so many underlying issues as to why people cannot lose weight. Also, sometimes people just don't want to lose weight. And that, that also being the epitome of like what beauty is and the expectations are that you have to be thin and pretty in order for anyone to notice you. But yeah, and I also know you like have a note in here about dating, which I have given up on dating. <laughs> period. And everyone always laughs because like I am a person who is always doing something and meets so many people in the things that I do. And you know, me just kind of hanging up the my hat right now because I'm also like online dating is not for me. I hate it. But also like we can't go anywhere right now and meet anyone. But I do want to like talk about your experience with dating and anything else you have you felt from me rambling for the last five minutes. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, dating. Gosh, like I said, I've been here 13 years, and man, I don't know. I don't know. I sometimes I attribute it to the fact that Austin's kind of a place where people move to reinvent themselves. So mm-hmm. people that come here may not always be looking to like, okay, I'm looking for a long-term life partner. You know, the Peter just, Pan syndrome. Yeah, it, that's a great term. They come here <laughs> to party, stay young, figure out their career, and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not the most conducive to looking for like, you know, a long-term partner, but then also, I guess it's just the kind of, for me, the kind of man that moves to Austin, they aren't looking for a fat black woman per se. Like I said, I lost about a hundred pounds about 10 years ago and I did date a bit more, but I wouldn't say the quality was like that great. Mm-hmm. And there, I didn't like date anyone for a long period of time. And also I was just a lot younger and I think my standards were a lot lower. So, but I've dated here and there, but it's just, it's really difficult online dating. It's, you know, you're, you're, it's basically, you're judging someone on how they look and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe someone might be receptive to fat, uh, dating a fat woman and dating a fat black woman. But if they just see a fat woman on that come across your screen, you're like, oh, I don't want to think about a fat girl. So they just swipe. And then you never know, you know, you know, I could, I could have been like the love of your life. I could have changed your whole world and you, you will never know. So it's just, and like you said, like you can't like go and meet anyone right now. So 
yeah, I've largely given up, given up on dating too. <laughs> if I meet someone, that's fine, but I'm actually pretty happy where I am right now in my life. Like I just, I have enough, you know, I've been looking for a job and I have other things going on in my life and I'm just, I don't have time. I don't have the mental bandwidth to devote to trying to find a partner. Like if it happens, yeah. fine. If not, that's, that's cool. I have a lot of friends. I have a great, I have a great circle of people around me. I'm, I'm good. good. Yeah. I think it also goes back to like the only, for the longest time in society, a woman didn't have value until she was married and have and had kids. And so like the last, maybe like this, this year, 2020, I told myself like, I'm not dating this year. Like it was a whole like <laughs> hard line in the sand, feet in cement stance of like, I am not dating in 2020. And I think also selfishly, that's why I went into quarantine because he was like, okay, if you're not dating, there's no point in us being outside then. So I feel like it's my own punishment. Anyway, but like thinking about that of like, I have said this so many times in the show, like I hate the vapid and self, like in shallowness of online dating. And, you know, as a person who I strongly believe I'll meet someone organically just out there in the wild whenever we're allowed back outside or through a friend. And I think it's because like, as people, we are so quick to judge someone on how they look. And so with me, I... And the times that I have been on dating sites, like I will obviously we look at people and how they look like, do we find them attractive period? But then like, I'm really big on like, if you don't have anything in your profile, I will automatically swipe left. And that's like my own, I don't know how to describe it, but that's like my own like preconceived notion of that. You think your looks are going to get you by forever. And so you don't have to have anything we can keep everything surface level. Like as long as you're attractive, you'll think you'll get ahead in life. And I'm very much like, I had never had that privilege growing up as a heavier kid. I constantly felt like I had to have this really big personality or like I had to quote unquote make up for the fact that I wasn't thin. And so I'm really big on like who I am and, you know, never attributed any of like my success or who I am based on my looks. I guess that's how I want to say that. And, you know, being very big on, on who I am as a person and in that just my body being a vessel that holds who I am and being on these apps and seeing all these people who just like don't put anything in their profiles like left like I just have this this feeling of we are not going to connect and that maybe that's like my judgment of them but that's 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 what gets me to automatically swipe left is if you have nothing in your profile I'm just like oh well (laughs) you have this notion that you are just going to be the end-all be-all because of your looks no like for me, I just, I, I am constantly trying to not be shallow and vapid and, you know, take a whole look at a person. But I mean, if you just give me a picture of yourself, that doesn't tell me anything about you. It tells me what you look like, but that's it. So yeah, I can't even imagine trying to date during quarantine either. Like people who are on <laughs> dating apps right now, I'm like, I also like hate texting, which makes me an awful millennial. Like I'm very much like, let's do a phone call. Let's do a face-to-face. Like I'm real big on like intentionality. Like we could text forever and never meet in person. And I'm very much like, no, we're going to meet and see if we can take this off the page. So yeah. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I've heard people going on quarantine dates, which is basically just a Zoom call. And I'm like, I don't even like being on Zoom all that much. So I'm like, I don't want to, I'm just going to be even more awkward than I normally am. This isn't going to go anywhere. (laughs) I'll just, I'll wait. I'm good. Thanks. (laughs) Right. Uh, I guess also like we need to really break down this fact of like Austin only being what 8% black now. 
Yeah. I know it's below 10. And I read a statistic that if a large major city falls below 10% of the black population, it may never recover. Because Austin used to be predominantly black, like 70, 80, 90%. So now, you know, as awful of the fact that we have to protest, it has been so great to see the the exuberant amount of black people who have come out to protest and being like, we are here, we do not, we are not invisible. We We deserve to be taken serious and given space and you know seeing a lot of people in Austin who aren't black show up and protest with us and you know the the protest that's tomorrow um, being organized by black people and setting the the stage for black people to talk and you know allies can come out and support that way but I I, I'm it's so interesting to see that shift really quickly because I feel like a lot of black people in Austin like you hear people who move here and ask like where are the black people like you know, people who move from major cities and very diverse places move here and they're like, it's culture shock for them not to see Black people. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what what has that been like for you, like living here now, 13 years? I'm sure it has changed so much in the time you've been here. Well, like, like you, I grew up in a place where there weren't a lot of Black people and I was usually like the only one in class or the only one in different organizations and stuff. So I can I can see the shift though still. Like I can definitely see that people are leaving or people are moving to different cities, you know, people are moving to different, they're moving the Fleurville around Rock, places where there are more opportunities than establishments for Black people like I always go to Pflugerville or Brown Rocks to get my hair done because I just, I can't, I have never been able to find a hair stylist or anyone that I trust here in Austin. The girl who braids my hair lives in Pflugerville. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just change. It's, I don't know. I feel that we've gotten such a, I don't know if it's rightly earned or not, and the status of being a very progressive city that it attracts a certain kind of person and then also doesn't maybe attract black people as much because, you know, they say, Oh, when a place gets to be called as progressive, you know, that I feel like we know that that's not going to necessarily include us in all parts of the equation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it change. Yeah. I, and you know, thinking lately, like progressive and liberal does not mean inclusive. Like we, especially now, like hearing the conversations we've had around allowing people experiencing homelessness to tent anywhere, which as a person who used to work in that work, I know how important that is and how that is going to shift a lot of those lives because now they're not going to get arrested and not have to pay these fines and, you know, that whole way of being, of thinking. But then you also hear of like these people who claim to be liberal and progressive and are so against it because it makes our city look a certain way. We here in Austin live, Austin is a very wealthy city. Like we have celebrities, we have multi-million tech dollar tech companies we have a lot of colleges and universities in this town like austin has money but we quickly see especially i'm not going to go down on the tangent but the city hall vote the city council vote that just came in this weekend about we have all these people calling to defund the police and they they voted this past week to give them an additional $500,000. And the money that they're giving them is a grant seven budget, which essentially is helping to fund the section of the police that literally just goes and finds stolen cars. That is their whole job, is just to go and find stolen cars. And you think about that and you just 
listen and realize that like this money isn't helping our community because I mean we people who have cards we tend to think of being in a certain tax bracket like they are people who have you know jobs who can afford a certain level of car and all that sort of stuff and it's like we aren't serving the people really like if you want to think about it that five hundred thousand dollars could go to finally testing everyone in the city for covid or building health centers or you know giving it to community leaders here who are trying to do actual changes of work so I also think about that as we continue these conversations of like what it means to support black people, people experiencing homelessness and in, in being in this very liberal progressive city, being this little blue bubble of Texas. How are we actually doing it if systematically we're still doing the same stuff that these more quote unquote conservative red cities are doing? I agree. It wasn't about dating in Austin, but it was a window <laughs> I was going to take. <laughs> no, it's definitely, it's definitely timely for sure. Um, yeah, I live in a part of the city where, you know, they're, they have definitely been tenting more and I, I haven't seen police come, which is great, which is great. I, I'm glad that that has, and I'm glad that they have been tenting more because they're definitely homeless people at intersections in my area. And I'm always wondering, well, where are they going? Where are they going to sleep at? You know, if they're in this area and I don't ever see any, anyone, you know, laying down or under the underpasses, where, they, where, where have they been sleeping? So I'm glad that, I'm glad for them that they can go and be not far away from home to do whatever they need to do or feel comfortable surviving oh that money could also go to homelessness work. Oh, anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah we shouldn't we shouldn't as a major metropolitan area only have one large homeless shelter oh like, do business. not give me started <laughs> I have issues about the arch, but that's a whole different conversation. Number one, the fact that it is downtown and really not near any real services. So that's a different tangent for another day. We're not going to do it today, but that's, I always joke of like me moving here was like the best and worst thing for me. Like I've been allotted a lot of space and privilege and opportunities here, but then also like I am a, I'm the type of person that like just can't sit and watch things. And so, you know, watching the city council meetings Thursday night and Friday morning and just being like, after that vote came in seven to four, and I was like, well, these seven got to go. So (laughs) who's going to start running? And, you know, the more we start, we continue to think about, you know, creating space and bringing people here to get back to your point of like, finding people to date in Austin, and you know, all those sort of things of like, yes, I'm not looking now. But eventually, like, as I get older, maybe one day I'll grace someone with the <clears throat> the privilege of dating me that I need someone to actually like be here. But also like, what is, why are, why are people going to want to come here if we're not making these changes in this city? So, <laughs> so how do you think we could like make this city more, not conducive, but like to cater to the needs of like fat people here like you're talking about like these people who don't like bring these stores here or these stores only go up to a certain size like have you thought through like what would be the initiative some of these places could take um i would say more more stores more fitness gear toward us more just organizations more people in like different publications like Austin, Austin Monthly or Texas Monthly or all those different kinds of publications, just more, you know. Representation period. Yes, more representation to show that, hey, it's just not like fit people that run by the lake. You know, that's not, and that's not all Austin is. Yeah, just more initiatives taken. And maybe, maybe I'm part of the problem that I haven't, I haven't taken using my platform to do anything about it, which, you know, I'm always thinking of ways to do things. Yeah, actually a friend of mine, um, her Instagram is Lux and Pups, and we started, a, I guess, kind of a community 
uh, right before quarantine got curvy in Austin. And we're just trying to, you know, show that we, we, we're here, we exist. <laughs> Are you, like I said, quarantine's kind of put a hold on things, but we're going to eventually start having meetups and we'll get togethers and hopefully a pool party, have, you know, the quintessential fat pool party. <laughs> yeah, we just hope to get people together because we were just talking and we're like, it's, you know, we know we're here. You know, there are there are a number of plus size influencers here, but we never, there's no way for us to really get together. There's no local collectives or group. There's just nothing, there's no way for us that we, we all exist. So we're just hoping to get people to be out there. <laughs> yeah. The dream. So anyone who's listening who wants to help, <laughs> I'm going to list all of your information in the show notes. We can get this going. So I think like you're saying, there, there, the need is here. It's just time to, to make it happen, which also yeah. I'm such a pusher. So please, <laughs> <laughs> if you need help with anything, I will just let me, please let me know and I will help in whatever way I can. Cause I think it's, it's important. I mean, thinking about you know, my experiences here of like being a queer black woman in Austin and like having organizations that I can go to, like that have black people I can talk to, queer people I can talk to, women I can talk to, and then all three of those entities in one space as well. So I know how beneficial I have reaped the rewards of having that benefit, the, the benefits of being in community that way. So all those who are listening who live in Austin have any ideas. <laughs> please like let's let's continue this conversation especially while we're in quarantine and we can have these ideas for you know probably next year because 2020 is essentially just us inside doing all the heavy lifting so that next year everything's ready and in set in in place that's how that's how I'm thinking about it the positive (laughs) spin to to being in quarantine but yeah I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up. Um, I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with you. Is there any events, organizations, websites that you want to shout out as we start to wrap up? I think Austin Justice Coalition, which you do a lot of work with, um, as we've seen, you know, throughout the the protests and everything that they've really, you know, come to the forefront. I'm so glad they're getting the press that they need and deserve. And they're getting all the donations, you know, give, they they deserve all the flowers, give them all of the flowers. All the flowers. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm actually interviewing Warren, who works with them um, next week. I'm going to start this like new series. I'm really excited about spoilers. Well, not spoilers. This will come out after. Anyway, um, but yeah, I have been watching their like Instagram feed these last couple of weeks, and I've followed them since I moved here. And you know, it's interesting. Like right before all this happened, they were maybe sitting around like two, three thousand followers, and I think this morning they were like at fifteen thousand. I'm like, yes, follow wow. them, listen to them, give them space. Like. You know, people last week were really pissed that Chaz called off, you know, the protest. But I stood by that decision. Like, we've seen the agitators come in and, you know, even listen to the chief of police and other officers last yesterday listening and being like, well, because Austin Justice Coalition decided not to march, we decided not to march. Like, that's not, that's not your call to make. Like, just because one person didn't show up doesn't mean you still can't show up. So I am grateful that Austin Justice Coalition is out here doing the work helping to create space. I am not directly like working with them, but if they need me, I will do anything that they need because I mean, their work is is fantastic. So yes, I will also be sure to link everything to Austin Justice Coalition in here and as well as everything else you've mentioned today. And then the final question I like to ask my guests is, what is the best advice you were ever given or what's a piece of advice you would give your younger self? 
Well, my mom has been saying like my whole life and I re- only in the past like 10 years finally decided to start taking that advice. Um, just like don't don't sweat the small stuff. Don't waste all your energy, you know, worrying about, oh, this person said this thing to me or this little thing happened. Just keep note of it. Put it in the back of your head, but just move forward to bigger issues. Because once you get your bigger problems solved, then that inevitably solves any small issues that you've had. So just, you know, know where to direct your energies at. Don't, don't sweat little things. Moms always have the best advice. Wisdom. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbree at gmail.com and visit the website theteawithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.